Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome, everyone. You're listening live to Real Presence Live, coming at you from the mothership here in Fargo, North Dakota. My name is Tim Mosey, your host today. Looking through the window at a Phillies fan, Eli K. That's all oh, a nice eyebrow movement there. Look at that. He's so awake so early in the morning. I love that. That's great. like to thank Eli for producing, as always. Does a great, great job. Nice looking specs, too. Are they different? Or are they the same? They're the same. Okay. All right. Looking good. Well, great to be here today. My name's Tim Mosier, your host. We've got a great, great show coming up for you. We'll be talking with Father Michael Gary of the Diocese of Duluth about Sister Teresa, St. Teresa, of course, of Calcutta, about her evangelization. You know, she's often compared, she and John Paul II, uh, very different ways of doing things, right? I mean, John Paul II was obviously a pope, and Mother Teresa was inside, but it's very interesting how both of them became rock stars, if you will, even more than rock stars, of course. I guess we can call them the rock, if you talk about Jesus as the rock star uh, of the world. Uh, because of their love, their genuineness, their truth. It's just amazing. So we'll have him on in just a little bit. Uh, Dr. Jay Hirschberger, a friend of mine, is going to talk about music and the liturgy. Uh, great, great guy. You'll love that coming up at 10. And then at uh, 10.30 to 11 o'clock, Dr. Susan Wendley Doust and Father Jonathan Fashionet will be talking about uh, evangelization, discernment, and retreat. And in between there, I'm going to have my second installment of the Contraception Connection. It's tentacles go everywhere. And so today, we're just going to compare, not compare, but see how the contraceptive mentality is especially linked with abortion. That's what we're going to have in our second half hour. So that's our show. Glad you could join us. Please join me in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, fill our minds. You are who we desire. We ask a special blessing over all our listeners, all our families. We ask especially for those who are in great need today in any way, Lord. We ask a blessing over the guests, that they may be instruments and pure vessels for your message of life and love and truth to the world. We put this at the feet of our Blessed Mother and pray for her powerful intercession as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of love and life, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome again, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host. We would like to join Father Michael Gary. Going to talk to us about St. Teresa of Calcutta. Welcome, Father. Hello, thank you. So good to have you with us. This is great. Well, Father, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you came to the priesthood. Give us the you know the the, the two minute version, not the twenty minute version, but tell let our listeners yeah. know a little bit about you. Yeah, well, um, I'm a priest of the Diocese of Duluth. I'm originally uh, from Central Minnesota, in Brainerd area. Mm-hmm. 
and I was ordained a priest in 2013. Been a pastor in Eveleth and Gilbert, mm-hmm. which is about an hour north of Duluth. Been here for going into my fifth year now, mm-hmm. and uh, love it here. Love the priesthood. Love being a pastor. That's great. Well, that northeastern uh, Minnesota up in the Arrowhead region—that's that's beautiful country, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Been to the Boundary Waters, I assume, and all those good things. Oh yeah. Yep. Got to get to the Boundary Waters at some point, and uh, it's amazing how many people from all over the country uh, make it up here for uh, the outdoors and you know for the beauty that we mm-hmm. have here. Yeah. It, it it is just amazing. Of course, all of that brings us back to. To God, it's a great, great natural way to see another uh, another evidence of, of the presence of God, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, speaking of someone who uh, really reflected the presence of God, St. Teresa of Calcutta. You know, what a great story. Um, but, of course, she is, uh, I was just talking in the intro about there are many, many different ways to evangelize, to facilitate that encounter with Christ. And, and she certainly had a unique way. Maybe tell us a little bit about how she was such a powerful evangelizer, even though she comes from very, very humble beginnings. Yeah. Well, my gosh. I mean, Mother Teresa hardly needs a, an introduction. Everybody <laughs> knows her. I mean, secular, Catholic, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows who she is. She's one of the most... I think, arresting figures of the, the 20th century. She's mm-hmm. just such a clear, shining light uh, in the world. So, yeah, she was a, a magnificent uh, evangelist in the sense that she proclaimed Christ and proclaimed it lo- him loudly to the world. I think what made her maybe so captivating is that she, if I could sum it up in a word, she was just authentically Catholic. Mm-hmm. She was true uh, through and through Catholic. She had a, a phrase that she repeated often. She'd say uh, that we're called to love until it hurts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a call for all of us Christians, especially, to follow our, our Master and imitate Christ and, you know, take up our cross daily and take responsibility for others and lean into that self-sacrificing love that Christ witnessed to the world. And when we do that, it is powerful, as we see with Mother Teresa. I think um, when we're authentically close to the cross, as Mother Teresa was, um, oddly, we Christians, you know, we bloom in the shadow of the cross. That's where we we come alive. That's where we're we're most clear witness to the world, and we're most uh, conformed to Christ. So... I think Mother Teresa did that in an extraordinary way, and uh, that's that's what makes her such a great evangelist. You know, that, that's such a good point, Father. And as you're talking there, I'm thinking about this, this closeness to the cross. I'm thinking about two things. Number one, all of us in our own personal lives have those crosses, right? We, we, we know them, you know, our, our personal struggles, our personal sufferings, our personal difficulties. My mom is living with us now, and she, she fell a little over a week ago and is in some extra pain and takes a little extra time and effort on our part to care for her, you know, but this love until it hurts. Like, you know, God's given all of us the opportunity to do that, to delve deeper into that. And, and Mother Teresa herself, right, she experienced a, a profound period of dryness, right? And so maybe talk a little bit about what we can learn from that in our own sufferings and how Mother Teresa can teach us in these periods of dryness and suffering how to still stay close to Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. That we, we don't have to go searching for the cross. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's got some suffering. It's pretty immediate, pretty, pretty uh, 
pretty accessible for any one of us. Um, there are some natural crosses that are, you know, like pains, chronic pains, uh, you know, illnesses, some relational difficulties or, you know, our, our, our past and history, our circumstances. Those are all uh, natural crosses that we are called to bear generously with the Lord. Um, and if we're generous with Him in that way, there's also sometimes even, uh, let's say, even supernatural crosses mm-hmm. that uh, afflict us. And God does this because He loves us and wants to uh, draw us into greater conformity to Christ. So with Mother Teresa, it was only revealed towards the end of her life, or even at the end of her life, that uh, her interior life, her experience of prayer, was marked by a, a deep and um, painful kind of abiding feeling that uh, she was feeling as though separated from God, and even rejected by Him, which is odd, you know, when you think of who Mother Teresa is and how mm-hmm. she lived. But what I'd like to highlight about that point is it wasn't just feeling separated from God. That was accompanied by a, a, an ever-increasing longing for His love and, and greater desire to be with Him, which is, again, this is the clash, the conflict of, uh, you know, the, the mystical side of our, our tradition and our uh, experience as Christians. So Mother Teresa experienced this uh, in a heroic way. This is well beyond what, what most um, people would ever experience. But she went for, I don't know, like 50 years or something of just going through this uh, night of faith, as, she, as it's called. Mm-hmm. And she she kept persevering through that. And if anything, I think... Um, you know, in, in that interior life, she was conformed to Christ evermore. And what that teaches us is that we can't be afraid of the cross. I mean, look at Mother Teresa now. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, she was going through the midst of that, wondering herself, thinking of herself, maybe even second-guessing herself. Um, but we can't be afraid to lean into uh, prayer and union with Christ, because Mother Teresa is an example. It does pay off. There's beatitude awaiting. So true. Talking with Father Michael Gary of the Diocese of Duluth. Duluth about St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta and evangelization. You know, as, as you talk about that leaning into Christ, I mean, I think that's so good. And another thing that really struck me, what you said there, Father, is that that feeling of separation. And we are such a feelings society, right? If we don't feel something, then we think it's not real. So if I don't feel God with me, right, then I think he must be away from me. But she's a great example of, you know, we don't go by feelings. We just go by what is true and what is good. And she persevered, as you mentioned, through that Um uh, I just think that that's a great, great example for all of us today, but especially this society. I mean, what a great way to evangelize, right? Saying, you know what, even though I feel, I don't feel that closeness to Christ, I know he's close. And like you said, drawing me deeper. Maybe just a word or two, Father, about us and our trials and our difficulties. How can we use that to draw closer to Christ when we feel that he is distant? Well, uh, I would say one of the biggest things that we're, we're kind of lacking today is just a basic knowledge of what happens in the spiritual life. Amen. And that there comes a point when we do kind of lose feeling. Um, the lights go out in our prayer, and that is normal, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, many many of us Christians don't know that, and so it becomes even more bewildering as we're in the spiritual life. <laughs> and we, we think, well, I, I was praying, I was doing my daily you know, prayer, my routine, 
I was loving it. I was feeling close to God. And then all of a sudden, at a certain point, the lights go out. And I, I, you know, if we don't know how it works, we start to think, well, maybe I'm doing it wrong now. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's not really there. Maybe I was just making all that up. Maybe I start second guessing all this <laughs> stuff. And then we change the routine, you know, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're not supposed to do at right. that point. Right. We're supposed to to continue to persevere. God trains us, kind of like. She's a inelegant example. I mean, God trains us like we might train a dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want your dog to, you know, go outside, uh, you know, we'll give him a treat when he goes outside and, you know, goes and poops out in the lawn instead of on our carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give him a treat. And then right. he learns to associate good behavior with good, good uh, feelings, good consolations, good, good sweet treats. And, uh, so what happens in our prayer life is that God will give us those uh, consolations in prayer, and that's uh, meant for the purpose of that is to encourage us to, to follow uh, where God is leading us at that time. But when the lights go out, that's the time where we need to persevere, don't change our habits. Um, and that's when God takes us into kind of, he, he, you know, we level up as, as Christians in, in the spiritual life at that point. So just knowledge of the spiritual life, looking at the lives of the saints, seeing it reflected in their life, they've charted out this whole landscape for us. That's why we stay close to the saints and uh, study their lives and their experience. So true, Father Michael Gary. A couple of things really come to mind. The dark night of the soul, of course, St. John of the Cross, we all have to go through that in some way, and she certainly did as well. And so that, and then, of course, introduction to the devout life by um, uh, Francis de Sales. I mean, like you said, we have many great saints, many great writings, many great examples of what we can, what we can do. Uh, and, and, and that's such a profound uh, encouragement and hope for me. I hope it is for our listeners as well. A couple words about that hope, Father. Yeah, you know, we're, we're surrounded by the saints. We're, as Catholics, we have this whole tradition of men and women who've gone before us, um, who are there to encourage us, who are there to be an example and to shine a light on our experience. And... Uh, this is something we can be very proud of as Catholics, and it's something we can rejoice in. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Francis de Sales and John of the Cross, and there's these great uh, saints and mystics who are uh, great friends of Christ, who uh, are great teachers and instructors in the ways of prayer and uh, in how to understand our experience around God. And what we find when we read them is that, you know, their experience is a lot like mine. They had the same questions that I do. And we find some consoling companionship uh, among these eminent men and women of history. So it's a call to all of us Catholics to, you know, uh, draw close to the saints, surround them, uh, surround ourselves with them. You know, we are, you know, defined by the company we keep. Yeah, so amen. Let's, let's keep the saints close. Amen. Amen. We're talking with Father Michael Gary, Diocese of Duluth. When we come back after a short break, we're going to talk about one of Mother Teresa's greatest quotes and then some personal things with Father Gary and Mother Teresa, him and his loved ones. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. 
we will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible, and we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. How can you know for sure that your loved one is in heaven? Well, the short answer is you can't. I'm Father Chris Alar, but you can have confident hope that they are saved because no matter when or how they died, even by suicide, you can pray and make sacrifices now to still help them accept God's final offer of grace. Jesus told St. Faustina, Call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray with faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. Wow. If you desire heaven for someone, God desires it even more. So do your part to help them get there. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small-town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone. You're listening to Real Presence Live this morning. My name is Tim Mosey, your host, coming at you from the Fargo studio, looking through the glass at Eli K. How you doing, big guy? Awesome. Got the thumbs up. I love it. Great Phillies fan there, too, I can see. That's awesome. We're talking with Father Michael Gary from the Diocese of Duluth about St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. Father, welcome back. Hey, great to be with you. Awesome. Of course, you know, many people know Mother Teresa, you know, the slums of Calcutta. I know she was um, headmistress of the girls' school, went across the, 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 the fence, right, right outside the gate. It was night and day different, working with the poor. And, she, and you know, she wasn't uh, always successful in people's eyes are getting everything done that she wanted. But she had a great quote, I think. Go something like, we're not called to be successful, but we're called to be faithful. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that and, and how that works in her life and in our life and our efforts to serve God. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, if I remember right, that quote of Mother Teresa was in response to somebody who was asking her, maybe pressing her a little bit on, you know, there's so many poor people in mm-hmm. Calcutta, you're only taking a fraction of them off the street. I mean, mm-hmm. is it even worth it? What kind of the right. implication yeah. of what mm-hmm. they're asking? And Mother Teresa said, you know, we're not called to be successful, we're called to be faithful. In other mm-hmm. words, uh, it's not about, you know, uh, succeeding in, in the eyes of the world, but uh, being faithful to whatever God's calling us to do. And I think Mother Teresa has some real wisdom and humility and insight here, because Mother Teresa has taken the broader context of our lives and what we know to be going on in the world. There's, uh, you know, there's a 
use farming as an example. There's there's a season for planting, a season for you know cultivating mm-hmm. and watering, and then there's a season for harvest. And there's you know they're they're different things. And Saint, we just had these readings in, in the mass a couple of days ago. I think mm-hmm. Saint Paul was talking about how uh, he planted, Apollos gave you know the water, but God is the one who gives the growth. So when it comes to our evangelization efforts, when it comes to you know, uh, all of our Christian causes that we're a part of, uh, we're just called to do our part. And that might be one component of a larger piece. And we we, we learn what our, our component is um, by being faithful to the Lord and following His His lead. So Mother Teresa was just, uh, you know, obviously deeply in touch with the Lord through her prayer life. And uh, knew that what I'm called to do is take care of this person, and we'll get to as many as we can, and that's that's what we do, Mm -hmm. you know. So, I I I think think that's so. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Father. No, that's all right. Well, I think it's so true. When, when you talk about that, I, I even think about my own life, you know, the whole idea of success. Am I, am, I, am I achieving what I think I want to achieve? You know, and one of the things my wife has done, and I know Ther- Mother Teresa was so good at this too, John Paul II as well, living in the present moment, you know, not worrying about the past and learning from it, of course, not, not being overly concerned about the future, right? Praying about it, of course. But mm-hmm. living and being fully present in this moment. And, you know, people say about that John Paul II and Mother Teresa both. When you were with them, it was just like you were the only one in the room, the only one in the world. They were just so, you know, tuned into you. And I think that that also is, is a great example of the idea of just living that present moment and not being concerned, like, you know, we were talking about being, you know, am I saving 50 people today? Or maybe it's just one. Maybe it's this one I find out there and, and I bring them in mm-hmm. and, and I care for them. We get so hung up on numbers, you know, and all that kind of stuff here, especially in the West. And, and I think she's a great example of how to just take things one step at a time as God's calling us. Yeah, I think uh, going back to, again, her her life of prayer, being connected with God mm-hmm. is what gave her the peace to be able to see that. You know what I mean? Like right. the, It gave her the serenity of soul to be able to say, this is what I'm called to do and not, nothing else. Right. Um, another great quote from Mother Teresa uh, is she says, if you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. Mm, <laughs> I love that's it. it. Yeah. If you're too busy to pray, then then what are you doing? Right. Like, God's not calling us to be so busy we can't pray. Right. Um, and if he's not calling us to do those things, then whatever we're doing is not going to be fruitful, and it's not going to be uh, even successful, especially in the, in the ways of the what we, what we hope to see out of that. So um, by... By, you know, taking our time to pray with the Lord, hearing and discerning what He's calling me to, this and no more, that and no less, um, that's what that's what uh, allows me to be, and that's what disposes me to be uh, faithful, if, if, even if not successful. I love what we're talking, Father, excuse me, Michael Gary, about St. Mother Teresa. A couple of things come to mind after those comments, Father. Number one, I think Mother Teresa said something like, you know, we, they did an hour of adoration, she and her sisters, every day, right? And she says, and when we have a lot to do that day, a especially busy day, we do two hours of prayer and adoration. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. just emphasizing mm-hmm. that. And then the other thing that comes to mind is, of course, from John 15, you know, Jesus, the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, if we don't stay connected to that vine, as you said, prayer life is so important. We can do nothing. Yeah, I, I think w- one of the other reasons why Mother Teresa is such a, 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 a luminary in the world is because she 
kind of uh, uh, very heroically and uh, tenaciously mm, good word. held to the held to the superiority of the the, the supernatural, mm-hmm. the primacy of the supernatural over the natural, and so that that life of prayer and dependency on God was the the foundation on everything else. So, like you said, if she if they had if they were too busy that day, she said, "Well, what's the two holy hours? Because we're going to need it." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she she had a tenacious grasp that you know there's a, a primacy to this to the the supernatural primacy to the spiritual everything else is kind of just an illusion right right it's so countercultural to us in the west you know don't we got to do more no we have to pray more so god can do more through us right yeah and especially for us americans you know we're an industrious independent mm-hmm. kind of uh you know people that are we pride ourselves on, on production and uh you know effect and things like that but um yeah, this is where Mother Teresa has, uh, and, and all those uh, sisters and brothers that are associated with her, have uh, something really to say to us Americans, yeah. that uh, there's there's something more going on in the world than just, you know, a thriving, you know, uh, production. Yeah, isn't that true? You know, another thing that strikes me is, you know, this nun who never, never sought anything or never sought office or anything became amazingly popular. And some people criticized her. They said, well, you're just... Why don't you work for justice? Why don't you look at the, the meanings behind? Why are so many people on the streets of Calcutta poor? She says, I'm called to apply immediate charity. And yet at the same time, if you look at what she, she won a Nobel Prize, she spoke at the UN. In her places out there, she was very, very outspoken about justice, about, you know, for instance, treating the unborn, right, and all those kind of things. So God wow. gave her a tool to fight for justice, even though she was focused on applying immediate charity. Yeah, this is uh, another area where Mother Teresa could be a great example to us because, um, and I think actually this is a, her winning Nobel Prize is actually one of those things that the world got right. <laughs> every, every once in a while, they kind of happen to, mm-hmm. to, to speak the truth, even yeah. if unwittingly. Right. And uh, so, giving Mother Teresa a Nobel Prize and just acknowledging her greatness, I think, was. Um, uh, uh, something that I think the world did right because it's acknowledging that Mother Teresa, she wasn't an eminent figure. She wasn't, like you say, elected to off, high office. She she was creating peace just in the sphere of her influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we all have a sphere of influence. We might not be presidents and, and heads of state, but we do have some sphere of influence, if only in our own households or in our workspace, in our immediate family and relationships. And Mother Teresa exercised charity in her sphere of influence, and she got it right. And yeah. <laughs> it had great effect, even beyond her sphere of influence. Right. Kind of the compounding nature of grace and God's goodness. Is if we do what we're called to do, it, it shines even beyond wow, where we're at. So. Amen. Well, Father Michael Geary, this has been a wonderful, wonderful half hour. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and encouragement about Mother Teresa and evangelization. We appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Mother Teresa, pray for us. Amen. Thanks so much. That's Father Michael Gary. After the break is part two of the contraception deception. How is contraception linked to abortion? You may be surprised. More of that after the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 